The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey man, I am I'm still I'm still in a high from that delicious Caprock lunch we had yesterday. Queso is still undefeated, man. Yeah. It was steaming, steaming hot queso. So delicious. How are you, man? I am pressing forward with some trepidation. We are attempting a fix from road international support on the board and if it crashes man i don't know what i'm gonna do another another angry letter i guess i don't know um their fix was hey try beta mode and 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 try the, the the this untested and unproven patch that we have thanks don't they know don't they know we're a couple of alphas we we don't we we don't do this beta this beta stuff i, I don't know what that even means. Um, here we are. So, um, we are coming to you live during the second half of the Texas tech ACU double header today. Um, we'll get to, uh, how I'm eating my words, eating crow pink raidering a little bit from earlier. Yeah. From uh, even in the seventh inning, yeah, it's like really, during the game, but also last game. week when I said, don't play this game. Yes. yes. Or don't play the weekend series that you probably should have swept, but you still I won. think we were on the same side there, so it's not like I, I can't give you a whole lot of grief. I mean, it, but I knew how bad the optics would look to actually cancel it, but I just saw no no benefit to playing these games. But I, I, I it does appear that there is some benefit. Maybe. Are you still saying no? Oh, no, I lost you. In the meantime, since this is a food and sports podcast, this is what I can talk about. Uh, I'm going to go over what we ate at Caprock the other day, who is not a sponsor. So anyway, at Caprock, I went with the, uh, the Cholula chicken wrap. Very good choice. Because we did a little heavy on the appetizers i went with chips and queso and then i went with garlic broccoli on the side it was a good choice if you haven't had their garlic broccoli it's worth it's worth it and spencer had the down and dirty chicken wrap a fine choice all right so road can suck it um you were talking about what we had ordered at caprock because it was a fantastic lunch um 
no no free ads, but we always give them a free ad. <laughs> yeah, always. Um, it was a good, fantastic it was a good lunch. team team building lunch. You know, I felt like there was a lot of synergy that day. A lot of a lot, a lot of things accomplished on the old action item list. Yeah, not, not a whole lot to circle back to. We just we just knocked it out <laughs> right there, right then and there. It's a good work. Didn't have lunch. to share our screens at all. It was. It was in person. It was I, yeah, it was IRL. It was Unprecedented stuff. times to be in person. Mm. Anyways, um, fantastic lunch. I had a great time, um, despite having a rough start to the morning, which I told Michael about while we're at lunch. But it was just like a, just a s show of a bunch of meetings, and the kids were being crazy. The kids, it was Hayden. Let's, let's be real. The two year old was You're being a toddler. Listen. <laughs> Like I'll, I'll show pictures, man. Let's, let's he's do a, a, little... he's a listener. He's a, he's a listener. He's, he's going to, he's going to write in. He's a, he's a two year old in a four year old's body. The dude is massive. I'm sure we talked about this a lot. Um, anyways, we're going to talk about baseball. We're going to get back to how I, the pessimist in me, um, said, don't play this game, these games against ACU. Um, and and you're going to end up sweeping these games, which helps. I mean, I mean, it, it's not going to hurt um, because winning. Well, it may hurt a little bit your RPI, your chances, but it, it can't it can't decimate you. Like, had you lost the first game, would have. Um, talk about uh, uh, Coach Gas siding, which is first first time we've seen him in a, in a hot minute. Uh, it seems like he's I wouldn't say felt the pressure or is responding to all all the the comments that are being made like what's going on with the basketball program but it was like very intentional like hey let's 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 get some FaceTime for old coach gas here and see what we can do um talk about the rest of the baseball schedule and what a just absolute joke the big 12 conference is as a whole uh, and how they don't treat ejections the same manner, depending on if you're a contender or not. Um, and what what role you play on said contender. Uh, we'll talk about basketball. I think there's uh, light at the end of the tunnel for incoming announcements, upcoming announcements. Um, based on the recruiting timeline, the recruiting calendar, we are coming up on the end of a contact period. Uh, where you can host visits, you can make visits, you can host recruits, all that kind of stuff. Next week, is, that's going to end where you can't do on-campus or off-campus contact. So there will be no more visits. There will, will be no more recruiting. So I would expect the the rest of the staff will be finalized and announced then. There was a new football commit we'll, we'll touch on for two seconds um, and then wrap it up with what did we learn. So... Uh, before we get there, I want to just plug the heck out of the Stake in the Plains content network. And uh, no free ads, but he gets a free ad because he is the friend of the show, Rob Bro. If you haven't checked him out on his new platform, Rob Bro Show, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, live 8 a.m. on the Gambling Gauchos YouTube, and then recorded shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays that preview, not the preview, that are that premiere. Uh, check that out. Always great stuff. The rest of the network gambling gauchos, you can find them over on the Republic of Texas podcast feed. Uh, moving forward, all the great stuff on Stakeland Plains, Dinger Derby, 
podcast from redraiderdugout.com and seeing Scarlet. Uh, they have an interview up from or with Raider Red you should check out. Uh, as well as they just stayed on top of all of the the spring sports, especially the, the the women's side that nobody else has that kind of coverage for you. So check them out. They uh, are going to have Davion Harmon on this week. Ooh, did they, they purchase his game worn jersey? I don't know. They just announced that this evening that he. Will I don't be think on, the, He'll be on the show this week. I don't think they are the uh, Davion Harmon fan club, from what I what I would assume. Well, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Out. I'm not saying that they they aren't fans of Davion Harmon. I'm just. Oh, I, I don't know. think I the two of them would would go in on a a two thousand dollar game worn jersey. Um. Really quickly, just because it was just just interesting. The last ACU pitcher was from my hometown, Mesquite, Texas. I saw that. I saw he was from Mesquite. Because I was Anyways. looking, there was another one from Abilene Wiley, who was a school. We played a lot in our district. My freshman year roommate went to Abilene Wiley. A bulldog. Purple and gold bulldogs. Man. That's right. What? We were the purple and gold badgers, so it was a natural rivalry. <laughs> they were the uh, biggest to, school in the district. You turn like, do not disturb on my phone on. It's on the desk, so I, I got the game pulled up on my phone. You blow but it like, Discord, man. The Discord, man. You can't have, you cannot have notifications on on that Discord. If y'all would like to join I, the Discord, you can go to your Gambling Gaucho's Patreon, give them five bucks, join the Discord, see what we're talking about. There's so much going on in there all the time. Probably a dozen channels. I had to turn notifications off for most of. I've I've only a couple of channels with notifications turned on, and even those are can get a little out of hand. Um, obviously, you can follow us. The show twenty three personnel. Me, Spencer, at PuntSuck, Michael, at Michael underscore LBK. All right. Uh, with all that, let's, uh, let's jump into baseball. Let's do it. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Left field, well struck, Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young looks it to right field. Time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven high deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big zone. Cameron Warren's going to motor home from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. All right, with um, with the games ongoing, or as as I mean, as we're recording right now, Texas Tech is thirty three and sixteen. Um, they defeated Abilene Christian fifteen to eleven in the first game, which was the continuation of the game from a couple of weeks ago. Um, they are currently in the second game, and they are up ten to three. Red Raiders are up 10 to three in the seventh. Um, I, I was not a believer when the game started you, it started at six zero in the fifth inning, the beginning of the fifth inning, I believe. Um, before Texas tech scored, it had gotten to a nine to zero lead for Abilene Christian. I was like, oh, man, this sucks. Uh, I, we'd heard from, from our, our friend Keith Patrick that, the run rule was in effect um, and that had Texas Tech failed to keep Abilene Christian from scoring or had they not scored themselves one more run, they would have had a run rule victory over Texas Tech in the first game. Um, mm-hmm. That did not happen. Texas Tech came back um, to score eight in the seventh inning and then seven more and the eighth to get up 15 to nine. And then Abilene Christian scratched two more across there in the ninth 
They had scored 15 unanswered runs to to put the game away in the first game. Um, before Tech Stack had started scoring, it was a lot of the same. You had some issues with the bullpen. Uh, Girton was the first arm on, and they it seemed like Abilene Christian was able to just see the ball out of his hand really well. Um, then you went to who was next after after Girton. I don't remember. And it, I don't have the game sheet. It doesn't really matter. Coombs ended up coming in a little bit later. Uh, and he looked fantastic. He had guys just whiffing at, uh, at, at air. Like he was, he was being super de- deceptive. Uh, the guys just weren't, Evelyn Christian batters weren't seeing the ball. Um, it was really interesting how the, the, the offenses flipped. Evelyn Christian was doing so well. Um, and then Texas Tech started batting. And then like, I think all the pressure, the momentum was off. Uh, it was on to Texas Tech. They felt the pressure. They had to, to keep it up. Uh, Dabbling Christian, and they just fell apart there until the game was essentially out of hand. Um, you had an, another Gavin Cash home run. He started the scoring uh, there in the seventh inning. Um, I think that's his 22nd on the season now. Uh, but then you had just everybody up and down the lineup was was hot with the bat. Um Second game, you started off pretty hot. You scored three in the first, uh, three more. I believe it was in the second. As we were getting kids down to bed, um, Texas Tech extended lead. Now it's 10 to three. Uh, like I said, you're in the seventh inning. Ryan Freeze on the mound right now. There was a, a pretty towering pop-up between first and home plate there that free and cash ended up colliding on in the ball and <laughs> unfortunately landed fair. So the batter is at first. Uh, the batter runners at first um, looked like F- Free's arm when he was extending it to to grab the ball to make the catch that he um, he hit Cash's hat off his head. So like it's a little bit of a collision there, but no trainer. The guys that's all on 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 the field, uh, they're just going to erase that here in a second and move on to the bottom of the seventh. But um. These were these were games I was not looking forward to playing. I I didn't think Tex Tech should have been playing. We we talked about having, um, just finding a way to to scratch the at least the first game where you're going to start six zero, um, maybe like hey just don't even worry about the trip out here. It's going to rain soon, or there's going to be yeah. some like iffy chicken salad served. So just just beware of the <laughs> of those kind of issues. I don't know. Uh, glad that. Uh, nobody in uh, of any kind of consequential position listens to me uh, because they played the games. Uh, Texas Tech and Tim Tadlock were not afraid of a comp- little competition uh, and came back from down 6-0 and now jumped all over them in game two to uh, preserve losing a, a, a bad couple of games versus ACU because uh, before the first game, uh, their RPI Wildcats were, were it's 103. Um, I didn't even like them playing the, the Sam Houston state series this weekend. They, they jumped up to number 84, uh, did Sam Houston state. You won Friday and Sunday, the Saturday one, it felt pretty, uh, devastating loss, but bounced back, uh, on Sunday, which was really good to see because you hadn't seen a a Sunday victory in, in what felt like quite a while. Uh, you won Friday, 12 to 10, you lost Saturday, nine to three, and then one on Sunday, 10 to eight. Um, I don't know what it is about this offense. Like they, they, they have to score 10 runs and then they're, they're almost untouchable if, if they score 10 runs, um, which 
is kind of like a no duh statement. Like you should be winning <laughs> yeah. all of, if not most of your games having scored 10 runs. Um, we'll see how, you know, look at Texas tech football circa 2013 through 2019. Yeah. 2016 year was like, man, if, if we could just score, we can get one defensive stop. We can score 55 points every game. I think we should be fine. Yeah. Um, but no, like, uh, for just, all the reasons we, we talked about and and things we'll probably never figure out. We'll just be, be guessing at just the inconsistencies, inconsistency this year. You need all the runs you can. Uh, and it came in uh, Friday and Sunday for you against Sam Houston state. Um, Coach McCaslin, we talked about um, a sighting from him. He threw out the first pitch, uh, like air quotes, first pitch, since it was not the first inning when that game started, obviously. Um, he threw out the first pitch before the first game this afternoon. I don't even threw think a strike, that. man. Um, that's just kind of weird. Yeah, here's the first pitch. Um, and now we're still in the bottom of the start, fourth. Yeah, <laughs> with, like with I don't know why the runners on one out. I mean, but besides the uncertainty of when the game would start, like why didn't they have him come out for the second game? Um, but now I, I think, I think the precedent is set that we need coach McCaslin out there to throw out every first pitch. So, yeah. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's one to know as a ceremonial first pitch thrower. Well, um, since then, here's, here's what's weird. Okay. We talked about this last week cause I brought this up and I thought, well, that's kind of ridiculous, but it seemed like an idea that shouldn't work, but it did. That was exactly what tech did. So ACU finished the game here on the same day that they had scheduled to play tech here anyway, which is crazy to me to switch ballparks for a game. Well, the, the schedule for them to play here was from the makeup from like a month ago when it was originally completely rained out. Yes. Oh no. Or it was haboobed out. I don't remember what it was. It was, Oh, that's right. It was like, it was like 40 degrees and windy and, and like a little drizzle, but it was like, it would have been miserable. It was like dirted out. So they, it was dust bowled out. Um, This counts as an away win. Yeah. The game started in Abilene. So even though the game finished here, I I, I raised that question to to Keith and he said, I'm not, I'm not actually actually sure how that's going to go down. Um, But yeah, it, it was confirmed today that even though the game was finished in Lubbock, because it started in Abilene, this was an away game for Texas tech. So it actually is, wasn't a way victory for Texas Tech, even though they won the game on their home field. And they didn't score a single run on the road. <laughs> no runs were scored in Abilene. No Zero. hits were recorded in Abilene, but they won the road game. They won 15, 15 to, 11. to 11 and <laughs> scored not a single run on the road and didn't even start scoring until the seventh. Yeah. What a weird so, stat. What a weird sport, man. You just gotta love it. In a uh, different, different dimension, field, different day, different wind, all everything, everything's different. Yep, road win. Let's not talk about it. And this I'm not was, sure this was finished in Abilene. Good job. I'm not sure if it was addressed on the broadcast, any of the broadcasts, whether it was radio or TV or anywhere in the pregame. But I was wondering about like the eligibility of players, like if they played in the first four innings. Sure. Because of the rules of baseball, like you can't re-enter a game, but since it was like two weeks ago, like are those guys able to come back in? Can you pull a pitcher back in that started or that was pulled and that kind of stuff. So I want, I don't know if that was addressed, 
Uh, that would have been interesting that, because I think somebody mentioned that Coombs may have pitched in Abilene, but he definitely pitched in the, uh, in the four o'clock restart coming out of the, of the bullpen. So if he well, did he pitch in Abilene an inning and two thirds. Okay. So then it, they basically just kind of reset everybody's eligibility. Um, which would have been interesting if like, if you were towards the end of a really hot start, which wasn't really the case uh, with the way the game was going in Abilene. No. But if you were like, like say Beckel was like 70 pitches in and, and like th- throwing a no hitter, like, guess what? You get to see him for 70 more pitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got a, he's got a really good arm right now. <laughs> he's thrown 140 pitches and in seven innings out of the bullpen. No, that's not what he did, but um. Just one of those weird things you may never see again just because of the weird circumstances that, that kind of surrounded it. Um, I still have not been able to get my phone on Do Not Disturb, as you can. I mean, it is. The other bit there of trivia. The other bit it's of Joey trivia. Maguire, man. Is, get off Twitter for a second, dude. This is the largest <laughs> comeback win since 2019. The, that was from Texas Tech's account. So I don't really know what game yeah, that was, but... Nine runs is, yeah. Overcoming a nine zero lead is 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 pretty special. And like, and baseball is one of those sports where it's like you never really feel out of it because, like, you can put up as many runs, really. Like, there's no limit to how many runs you can, like. You can be down twenty runs and have one out left in the ninth inning. And you can still come back and win that game. Is it unlikely? Absolutely. Whereas like in basketball and in football, like because there's a time element. Yeah. Like realistically, there's only so many times you can score and hold them and get the ball back or whatever. Um, that at a certain point, like certain depth into the game or how much time is left or how big the, the, the difference in the score is, the comeback is just un, unrealistic. Like it's just not possible. Where baseball is like, Technically, the possibility always exists, um, and that's that's something that like I, I have a hard time just sticking with because like, like I said, you were down nine zero. I was like, then mm, this game's over, and the season may, may be over, and it may still be over. You may not be able to, to make it to a regional at this point. Um, well, it was either the, the the fifth or the sixth inning where the bases were loaded for the last two batters, mm-hmm. and they both struck out one swinging and one looking i think so it it's just you know there were it could have been worse or and or better however you want to look at it so there were still some guys left on base i think there were six guys left on base and you know that was three of them right there so do you want to you want to look ahead to this weekend i do road trip to morgantown um do you want to start with the ejection that wasn't yeah, just tell me more of, about that. So he was wearing a okay. So the pitcher so was part of a cone on his head. Yeah. So he was, and it wasn't that he was wearing a cone. He was like wearing like a celebratory item onto the field, gotcha. which has been like so a point of emphasis within the NCAA to crack down on because they don't want chains and big celebrations coming out. They don't really even want like big crowds at the plate after home runs, or whatever, or just even spilling out of the dugout. But they really don't want you coming out with a celebratory item, and a lot of teams have something like a big hat or a chain. Like, like, like it started with, with 
was it Miami football that started with like the the turnover chain? That's that the like, first like one I remember. Be like a, that feels like a like a Miami Hurricane thing, and it just it's kind of spread like almost every team has some kind of celebration on the sideline now. Like like Texas Tech had the pump jack. Um, other teams have turnover items that they wear or they put on or um, whatever. It's now spilled over into college baseball. West Virginia, one of their home run celebrations is there's a cone, like a traffic cone or something like, I, I didn't actually see the cone. The, the video of it wasn't very helpful. Um, and their ace, uh, what, what's his name? Draxel. He was wearing it uh, and came out of the dugout. And as part of the policy that the NCAA is trying to crack down on, he was ejected. Um, now is it ridiculous? Yes, absolutely. Like, like a sport at its essence is a game and it's meant to be fun. Like I have no problem with teams celebrating and having fun playing a game. What he did, was it like obnoxious and over the top? No. Was it against the letter of the, of the law? Yeah. Um, my issues with the big 12 that they have a sportsmanship clause for pitchers that are ejected. Players get like base field players get one game. Pitchers get four. And essentially the difference in that is to ensure that they actually do miss a game. Cause if you say a pitcher gets one game, well, if it's Mason Molina, if he's ejected on a Friday and his suspension is for Saturday, he wasn't going to pitch on Saturday anyways. Yeah. But if they say four games that ensures that it's long enough, he would have pitched again and he's going to miss that that appearance. That's why, obviously, pitchers get four games and other players get one. They came out and said, and it probably had to do with him not being an active participant on the field. He wasn't in the lineup. He wasn't on the like participating on the field when it happened. That he only got a one-game suspension following his ejection, the, the West Virginia pitcher, whereas Beckel got four games because he was a pitcher of record. He was on the on the field at the time of his ejection. Well, and they had done so the I whole. They justified his ejection too with the the warning. Well, that's well, that's that's why he was ejected because they'd already said, "Hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna tolerate uh, this kind of chirping. You're done. Don't do that again." And then he did it again. So, like again, am I upset with the ejection of, of Beckel? I, it's kind of ticky tack. Like you want guys to have fun, but still, like he'd already been warned. Um, so it's kind of on Beckel for not kind of staying up on, on his, on his emotions or whatever. And like, Hey, you need to like reel it in a little bit. Um, and then he, he was missed for the Texas series. And again, I don't think you would have changed an outcome of the series or a game had Beckel been available, but you just don't know because the games were so close. Um, so you missed him for four games because you didn't, you didn't have a midweek that game or that week. Uh, so you missed him for that. And then the first of a midweek, the following week. Um, so I just I if if that really is the the justification why he this pitcher at West Virginia only got one game versus the four that Beckel did I I mean I can I guess I can understand where they're coming from but an ejection is an ejection like and he's a pitcher yeah he's a pitcher so that's your pitcher only be yeah by he, letter of the law that is that that's four games and I guess it's sour grapes because I probably wouldn't have like 
like I would have been irritated. I may have rolled my eyes had it come out that a non-Texas Tech opponent pitcher got ejected and only missed one game. I was like, well, Beckel got four. That sucks. That's that's so stupid. But <laughs> it's just a little bit like, I mean, what the hell? Like <laughs> he's their best pitcher, got ejected, but only got one game. Whereas probably one of our best pitchers, if not our best pitcher, at least out of the out of the bullpen, got ejected and he missed four games. Um and the justification, if it like like I said, if it was because he wasn't an actual participant, wasn't, you know, on the lineup card on, on the field at the time that he was ejected, that's weak, man. So mm-hmm. the optics of it being that like it's a slap on the wrist for a contender and their best player on their team. Like that's the kind of special treatment that like Texas and Oklahoma uh, used to just regularly get that drove teams and schools out of the conference, Colorado, Nebraska, A&M got tired of that kind of special treatment and ran away. Um, anyways, that that's where I'm at. So my, uh, little glimpse glimmer of, I wouldn't say hope uh, because I I still think that you can win the games. I, I still think there you know you can win the series even. Um, but when I thought that they that West Virginia was, was going to have to do it without their ace, is like, all right, I like our chances just that much better. And now it's like, nah, man, he's he's gonna he'll be back because they they had a midweek this week, and so he's he like his suspension is he's missing a game he wouldn't have pitched in anyways which is also yeah. like just bogus. Yeah. Yeah. He's a weekend well, I, starter and he misses their midweek game versus Xavier BF, or whoever BF it is they're who, playing tonight. Whoever. I, I don't know who it is. Yeah. I was going to check and see. But yeah. That's, that's not really a suspension at all. That's just, especially for a pitcher. That's the whole point of having a multi-game suspension is so a pitcher actually does, does miss a game that uh, they would normally have played. And and yeah, it is. They they are actually not playing tonight. They play tomorrow night. They play Pitt again, mm. and so their RPI will probably skyrocket again after they've played Pitt. Yeah, they could probably house. get blown out by Pitt and still win, and move up in the RPI. Yeah. So the, so, the games this weekend they're what like Friday six thirty, Saturday at four, Sunday at nope. Those times are all Eastern, so ignore that because I am on. So West five thirty-three and <laughs> yes, five thirty-three and noon, and nooner on Sunday. Um, the thing with West Virginia that if you don't already know, uh, they have one. They've got a really good arm, uh, and he'll be available this weekend. Um, they've got a guy that I last I checked, he was top of the Big Twelve in batting average since Cash had slipped down a little bit. Um, they steal bases like crazy. Like they, they, they don't necessarily hit like for overwhelming power, but they're one of those teams that will small ball you to death. Um, and that's just the matchup with Texas Tech. I I know they've done better. They did better against Sam Houston State this weekend, and they've done better tonight against Evelyn Christian, and not allowing teams to get you know a guy that walks from first and have him steal t- two bags and get all the way over to third. Like a single doesn't t- turn into a triple every time. But West Virginia, man, they're really going to test you on that uh, because that's just what they do, man. 
Yeah, and J.J. Weatherholt's the guy you're talking about. J.J. Weatherholt, yeah, that's right. Who is in the top of the Big 12 in batting average by a long shot, 463. He's number ridiculous. one in slugging percentage, number one on on-base percentage. His OPS one. is 1340. Yep, yep. There you go, That in, which is also number one. Number one in runs scored, number one in hits. So he's got 61 runs scored, 82 hits, 19 doubles, two triples, 13 home runs, 52 RBI. Uh, his slugging is 814. His on-base is, like I said, 1340. Um, it's 33 of 37 for stolen bases. Uh, as a team, golly, dude. West Virginia is 110 of 128 on stolen base attempts. So they've been, they've missed out 18 times on 130 attempts, essentially. Yeah. Um, so they're better than 90% there. And like, so JJ Weatherholt uh, leads the team there with 37 attempts and, and is successful 33 times. So he's batting, what's that? Not batting, but essentially stealing base at 90% clip there. Uh, Tevin Tucker, 18 of 21. Landon Wallace, 15 of 16. Braden Berry, 20 of 22. Caleb McNeely, 13 of 16. Uh, they got a couple other guys that are two for three. You got a one for three, one for two, 0 for one, three for four. So home runs, uh, they've hit 65 on the year. Their pitching staff's only allowed 60, or sorry, They've hit 65. Their pitching staff has allowed 45. 48. Yeah, their sorry. pitching their staff, pitching staff has allowed 48. They've got two guys in the top 10 in ERA. Uh, Traxel, who you've already mentioned, he's at 3.32. He's number four in the conference. And then Ben Hampton, 3.95 ERA at number seven. Uh, so going back to the stolen bases real quick, Texas Tech is 27 of 34. West Virginia has attempted almost a hundred more stolen base attempts than Texas Tech has. Um, this will be the highest, obviously, stolen base uh, attempting team so far because on the year of all of your opponents combined, teams are seventy or sorry against you. They've been seventy-eight of ninety-eight. So teams have, have attempted ninety-eight stolen bases against you. Uh, West Virginia has attempted one hundred and eighteen. Um. Home runs, I, that's what I was getting to. Texas Tech has hit 73, uh, and their pitching staff, our pitching staff, has given up 55. Um, opponents are batting 241 against the West Virginia bullpen, uh, against the West Virginia arms, excuse me, uh, given up 82 doubles, only six triples. Uh, what is that? 222 runs. West Virginia has scored 400. Texas Tech has scored 441, but given up 299. So opponents have scored 100 fewer runs against West Virginia's defense and their arms than what you've seen against Texas Tech. Um, in terms of ERA, your, your, your team leaders in ERA, at least your starters, uh, Mason Molina and Trenton Parrish, they're both above four. Molina's got a 422. Parrish is 465. Out of the bullpen, Beckel... 157. Brandon Lysick, he got some some play tonight. 270. Ethan Coombs, 276. Uh, Bo Blessing, he played, he, he pitched a little bit this weekend. Uh, what was it? Nine pitches and two batters. <laughs> His ERA 
uh, is only 352. Uh, Ryan Free is pitching, or at least was on the mound a little bit, a little while ago, 382. Um, Brennan Gurton's ERM, and it, it's just, it's, I hate to say ballooned, but it's up to 540. Um, Zane Petty got the start tonight. Uh, Kyle Robinson, I don't know if he's just trying to change the mojo a little bit, but he went with uh, a new haircut, man. He cut off his lettuce. He's got a high and tight, real close. Anyways, don't know why we're going into the styles of our, our, our pitching staff here, but you got your work cut up for you, especially since it's going to be on the road and, and Texas Tech has not played well on the road. Um, you need to do everything you can to try to slow them down to keep them from running all over you. Uh, you need your offense to to continue to be hot. I know you're at home playing, you know, and uh, not as great pitching staff as you'll see this weekend, but you need some of these runs and this, this kind of confidence that you're seeing at the, at the plate tonight, make the, the trip out to uh, Morgantown this weekend. Any other thoughts this, for this weekend, Michael? No, I was really hoping for a sweep. Um, but honestly, it it went better than I thought. I, I didn't I wasn't hundred percent sure tech was going to come out with a win against this series because I knew that Sam Houston State they have a lot to play for and they're not Sam Houston State anymore. But they have a lot to play for. They're number one in their conference. Um, you know, they have a chance of getting into the tournament. Probably almost maybe not better, but a a very good chance if they win in their conference tournament, then obviously they're in no matter what. But I just knew they were going to come in swinging, that they weren't going to just think, okay, we're just going to go up there and whatever happens, happens. So uh, I did almost expect Tech to lose, to drop this series, and it looked like on Friday they might. Mm-hmm. Um, but just overcame and were able to to stick it out and, like you said, get a – a win on a Sunday, which sure is a nice feeling. Sorry, I, I was I was Texas reacting to uh oh, they, I think I saw what you're reacting to. They the uh, they scored the they scored the last two runs to secure the run rule. They just wrapped up the run rule versus ACU. Bases loaded. Uh, Nolan Hester hit a a single down the third baseline, scored two runs to go thirteen to three. Um, and that's all she wrote, folks. So on Friday, you win 12 to 10. Let's go back to the, the, the Sam Houston really quickly. Uh, they jumped out to a three, nothing lead. Um, they had a two run home run in the top of the first. Uh, and then uh, their, their really hot bat Redfield came in on the second um, to score. You started to, to scratch back a little bit in the second. Well, sorry, you, you scored six runs in the second. So you were down three, nothing. Then you took a six, three lead. Um, you had an RBI single by Tracer Lopez, uh, an RBI walk from uh, from Gage Harrelson. Um, Ty Coleman doubled to score three. It's a bases clearing double there. And then Gavin Cash on like the two, four, five, wait, two, four, six, tenth pitch of the at bat. He singles to left field um, to knock in Coleman to get you to six. Um, over the next three innings, Sam Houston state is able to put up six of their own, uh, to get to a nine to six advantage. 
Cash hits a three-run home run in the sixth to tie it at nine. Sam Houston scores on a wild pitch in the seventh to get 10, to get the lead back 10 to nine. Um, Woodcox hits a infield single. It scores uh, Ty Coleman. Vulicic follows that up, singles into left field for an RBI, and then Maxi singles in um, Woodcox to get it to 12 to 10. And then you held on for dear life in the ninth um, because... You had you had several lineup changes. You had Jarrett Curtis come in in place for Woodcox. You had Burns come in for Maxi Beckel. Sorry, Bridges came in to pitch. Uh, he walked Chadwick. Uh, then you got a strikeout. Then you got a, uh, a stolen base. Um, so the the guy, Chadwick that walked ended up on second. Um, he had a. Uh, I'm stuck on infield single and it wasn't a single. <laughs> it was a ground ball to the pitcher uh, to get the second out. Um, but that advanced the runner to third Redfield, their, their hot bat. He ends up walking. So you, they've got the tying run on base. Um, and then you get their uh, Wyszkowski to fly out to right field to end the game uh, to secure it 12 to 10. Um, Saturday, you weren't, uh, you didn't play as well. Obviously, when you lose by six runs, uh, nine to three, Turning Parish takes his first loss of the season. Um, by the end of the fourth inning, or by the middle of the fourth inning, uh, Sam Houston was up seven to zero. Uh, you got one back in the fourth. Um, Chadwick hit a, hit a home run for Sam Houston in the eighth to get to eight to one. Uh, White hits a double to score Maxi in the eighth. Burns singles in uh, White to get you two more, to get you two runs back there in the eighth. And then Wyszkowski, the guy that ended the game on Friday, hits a home run in the ninth to get them to nine to three. And then you didn't do anything of note. Um, it was three up, three down. Gavin Cash flied out. Austin Green flied out. Woodcox hit a line drive right at the third baseman. So you drop that one. Uh, nine to three, and it was pretty. At least, at least I was. I, I was pretty down. I was like, I I thought you needed a win. Uh, I thought you needed to sweep the series. Um, you weren't going to get a lot of favors for playing Sam Houston, uh, because their RPI was about thirty spots behind you, and, and you were at home. Uh, so a loss was was really going to hurt you. Uh, but after the win on Sunday, you basically got back to where you started. Um, so. No, you didn't climb any, but you didn't you didn't really lose any ground. Um, Sunday, you scored four in the bottom of the first. Uh, Sam Houston responded with three of their own in the top of the second. They tied it at four in the top of the third. Then you scored two runs each in the bottom of the third, bottom of the fourth, to get to a eight to four lead. Um, Sam Houston scratched across one in the fifth, one in the sixth. You got one of your own in the sixth. They put up two in the and the seventh to get it to a nine to eight. And you were really sweating bullets there, man. <laughs> you were just like, we got to hang on. Um, you, you scored one in the bottom of the eighth, an insurance run to get you to 10 to eight. And then they did not score in the top of the ninth. Beckel gets the save his fourth on the year. Josh Sanders gets the win. Um, Beckel for the save. 
he went two and two thirds, which is a pretty long outing for him. Uh, well, in terms of innings pitch, he only pitched 33 pitches. Uh, Derek Bridges before him pitched three pitches, did not record an out. Bo Blessy, this was, he pitched the 10, uh, 10 pitches, but he got two outs. Uh, so he had did two thirds of an inning, Ryan Free, two thirds of an inning, Josh Sanders, who got the win, went two and two thirds, and Tabor Fast got the start for you on Sunday. He went two and a third. Um, Fast was the one that, that really got blown up. He had five hits, four runs, all four were earned, one walk and one strikeout. You didn't record another strikeout until Beckel came in and got two for you there the last two and two thirds of the game. Um, everybody else, though, gave up. Uh, a run, an earned run each. So Josh Sanders, Ryan Free, Bo Blessy, Derek Bridges all gave up an earned run. Brandon Beckel did not. He gave up two hits, but no runs, no earned, one walk, two strikeouts on 33 pitches. So you get Good timing on his part when, yeah, <laughs> when for he sure. In the absolute most of ways. So you get the series win, you don't get the series sweep. Um, Really, like, I, I, I can't say that you need the series win, and 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 like that would be enough to secure your postseason hopes. Um, you may, you may need to win out. You may need to win all three against West Virginia and all three against Kansas next weekend. Uh, you're done with midweek games. You're done with non-conference games. Uh, tonight against Abilene Christian was your last. So you've got six games remaining on your schedule: three against West Virginia, three against Kansas, and then your Big Twelve tournament starts here in a couple of weeks. Um, you for sure uh, need to get, the, I mean, you, you, you need, you need a sweep next weekend versus Kansas, man. Um, your RPI did improve quite a bit tonight and I don't know how it'll settle out after all the games, but our man Keith Patrick's has checked on it and you, you jumped up eight spots after today to up to 50th. Um, which puts you really close into the, the the consideration. I think Grand Canyon was the lowest to make it in uh, in recent memory. I think they were in the low fifties or were they in the middle forties? I can't remember exactly, but like well, you're right there on the edge. So you you need to we've you need to hold serve. Big Twelve tournament will be fine. <laughs> you need to hold serve against West Virginia. And I don't know um, if you lose the series, but if you take a game, what that may do for your RPI being that it's going to be on the road against uh, a team as strong as, as West Virginia is, especially with the RPI and everybody loves um, those metrics, but you definitely need to win coming back home against Kansas. Um, and I, I don't think like if you, if you don't win the big 12 tournament, then I don't think your performance in that is really going to do much for you uh, in terms of postseason availability. Um, so it's not like in football where you're like, Hey, I, I need a sixth win somewhere or in basketball. Like I need to get to eight, uh, 18 or 19, 20 wins on the, on the regular season schedule, um, to ensure like some kind of postseason appearance. This one is just like, you got to do everything you can. You got to win as many games as you can, uh, and just hope that your RPI is just good enough to get you in as a three seed and preferably not the Fayetteville regional, but, as a three seed, you have no say, man. You go yeah. over where you can go. Um, so the possibility of missing out on postseason play is still a real, it's still 
so real and it would be just an absolute gut punch for this team to miss out on on even making a regional um there there's been so much said about i i we've gone back and forth on what what it may have been that caused this or you know combination of scheduling uh combination just being a young uh inexperienced team together um only so much of that is under your control. And even that, even what you can control is not really a hundred percent in your control. As we've seen with, uh, you can schedule good teams when you schedule them, but by the time you play them, they may not be good anymore. Look at Gonzaga <laughs> right. and Iowa um, and Grand Canyon. Even um, those were great looking on the schedule until like they just, they, they never, you know, appeared. Um, the things you can schedule, like you can, you know, have, have control over is like the Western Illinois and the North Dakota States and, and even some of these regional matchups with Sam Houston and, and, um, Abilene Christian, like probably can't really afford to be scheduling teams like that too much, but you also, you're kind of limited in, 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 in your options out here, right? Like you can't just cherry pick the best RPI games. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. 
Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And you can't, uh, you can't have a team that maybe you'd want to go play to help with your RPI that wants to play you, right? Like, you know, the, the possibility, like you can go schedule, you can try to schedule anybody, but they also have to agree to it too. Like they, they have a say, like you, you just can't say, Hey, I want to schedule with LSU and LSU be like, yeah, sure. Come on. Like it has to be somewhat beneficial to them. Um, sure. yeah. And not, not too dangerous. I don't, I, I mean, I don't understand all the, all the things that go in. Like, sorry. I do understand. I just don't under, I don't know everything that is evaluated on, on the scheduling aspect of teams that are good, but not too good. Um, or if they do want that, like if they like give me the best possible opponents, I don't know. Cause that's really up to the team, the coaches, the athletic director, all that kind of stuff for each individual team. They're going to be different. So, um, all right. With West Virginia, like I said, really just hope that your bats stay hot. Uh, that hasn't been a, a thing that happened a lot this year on the road. Continue to build on the uh, slowing the runners down um, that you've done so far the past five games. You didn't have you know a ton of stolen bases this weekend uh, or or today. And then uh, just see what you can do against West Virginia. Um, still first in the conference. You are, I believe, you're still fifth. Yeah, you're fifth. West Virginia is 13 and five. You're at nine and nine. So uh, even if you were to sweep them, you would be 12 and nine. They would be 13 and eight. They'd still be ahead of you. Um, Texas is 12 and nine. Kansas State 11 and seven. Oklahoma State 11 and seven. So they are in second and third place, respectively. Well, they're tied for second based on their conference win percentage of 611, even though Texas has more wins. Texas also has more losses, so their win percentage is at 570. Um, you are at 500. If you if you get swept and drop to nine and 12, you have the possibility of dropping as far back as eighth in the conference. Yikes! Yeah, uh, Oklahoma could pass you because they're right there behind you at 10 and 11. TCU could uh, theoretically pass you. They're at eight and 10. Um, I don't know their schedules. I don't know. And like if TCU and Oklahoma are playing each other, so you wouldn't, you know, they're not going to both pass you. Um, but I did just, say in a weak moment during the Kansas state series that the tech's going to get swept in Morgantown. And I'm going to hold to that just to, just to be proven wrong. So let's, let's just say that. I said something uh, probably worse than that, and that I said yeah, that Texas Tech, Texas Tech would be out of contention for a regional by the time they got around to West Virginia. So, um, there's still hope. Keep hope alive. Uh, Kansas Sorry. State plays Oklahoma State in Stillwater this weekend. Uh, Texas is hosting San Jose. Baylor and TCU are playing Oklahoma and Gonzaga, but Gonzaga is home, so Oklahoma is going to be up on the road in Washington, Washington. And then Kansas is at Samford and Birmingham, Alabama. 
they are Kansas are seven and fourteen. Baylor is six and fifteen. That'll wrap up the Big Twelve standings. All right, let's uh, jump over to basketball real quick and um, talk about why I think, or just a little bit more context of why I think you'll hear a staff announcement probably next Wednesday. Get to the football okay. commit and then wrap up with what did we learn. All right, so I think we've all kind of bought into the theory that um, you were put at a disadvantage in terms of the number of recruiting visits you could host on how the last staff utilized them. So you had only a certain number of visits uh, available for you for you to use, um, and with a coaching staff change, you needed every single possible thing you could do to retool the team and the roster because so much is turned over in that, uh, in that transition. The NCAA has this neat little, uh, loophole that without a full staff, you don't have the same limitations on visits, um, on campus or otherwise. So I think we've, without being told this, because I don't think you can actually admit to that. I think that's probably the reason why you haven't seen a staff finalized because McCasland and the group need everything they can get uh, to put this roster back together. Uh, Humpty Dumpty for the team in October and November. Um, so right now they are in what is a, a quiet period, but it's still a period where you can recruit and contact uh, what a quiet period is for basketball um, is you are per, you are allowed to make in-person recruiting contacts on your campus. So you can host recruits on your campus. You cannot go and see guys in person off of campus or make any evaluations during the quiet period. So you can be bringing all the guys in that you can get um, during what's called a quiet period. And this will end next Wednesday, the 17th at midnight. Thursday at 12.01 a.m. begins a 12, uh, a dead period, which means no in-person recruiting contacts or evaluations on or off the your school's campus. And you're not allowed official or unofficial visits by prospect, prospective student athletes to your campus. So it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. There's basically no recruiting activity uh, allowed. So once you're through this big recruiting window, I think you'll be able you'll be able to announce your staff, get everything in, in order, and lined up for when everything opens back up again. Um, and if I can have a second, I can tell you what that date is. Yeah, that's what um, I was trying to find. Uh, June fifteenth. So you'll have about a month uh, men's basketball recruiting calendar. It's on this nifty wifty web website. No, it actually uh, a quiet period. So the dead period runs, excuse me, May 18th through the 28th, sorry, 26th. Ah, okay. So a quiet period opens back up uh, on Saturday, the 27th is probably to make way for, for graduations really to let kids wrap up their school year uh, get their graduation, all that kind of stuff. So you'll have a, a quiet period from May 27th all the way until June 16th. And then you have 
basically those weekends you have full on evaluation periods. Um, and then your recruiting window doesn't really open back up for a full, like the full on recruiting period again until the second week in September. Right. Which is after school has started. For sure. So by that point, you're, you're putting together the next year's recruiting class. So you've got, uh, basically this week and then a bunch of quiet period time, uh, outside of some, uh, evaluation windows to finish out your class for the summer, which you'll have quiet periods basically throughout the rest of the summer. And it'll open up a little bit for the weekends. Um, and then a couple of dead periods, including the one here coming up in next week. So that's why I'm thinking, uh, once you get through this quiet period and then you get to a dead period of a week and a half, uh, you'll, you'll probably have the rest of your staff announced and who that is. Don't know. They've done a good enough job to, to lock all that stuff down. Um, we've heard names, but nothing to substantiate any of it. But I'm not. I would be much more worried if you were to get through this next dead period. So you, basically you get to the end of the month and still no staff announcement. Yeah, I think we're kind of walking ourselves off the ledge because I felt like last week, I think I said something. Well, if next week. We haven't heard anything on who might be filling the staff. I may start to get worried, but now I think you've talked me back even further. Like, okay, you know, the, the, the quiet periods starting dead periods about to begin in about 10 days. That's when they're really going to get going on filling out the staff, right? We're it, It's going to be fine. I would if, think if by June 17th, <laughs> there's no staff, then okay, maybe. Maybe I start to get worried. Yeah. So that's why my, that's I mean, why my screen name is McStaffless tonight. I don't need, I'm like McCaslin. I don't need a staff. I need like three, I need my three guys and we're going to, we're going to run this. We're going to run this big 12. We're going to run this conference. It's fine. Yeah. So that, that that's why I'm saying like, I, I, I think you'll, you'll see a staff movement uh, come next week towards the end of the week. Um, but if not, then I'm sure we'll find other ways like, well, (laughs) maybe, maybe they're holding on to the next dead period or, or maybe like they're going to get through all of the dead periods and get through all of the summer until they can put everything together without having the the recruiting visit limits, uh, imposed on what was left over from the previous staff. Cause those are tied to the school and not the staff, but they just want to get more players on campus before they really you know, the coaches can commit and there's just a lot of, just a lot of irons in the fire. A lot of things are tied. I'm trying to come up with some corporate speak and I'm really failing because I don't really have like a quote unquote corporate job. But anyway, it's just, yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something else because he's one of us now. So he's, he's, he's fine till he's not. (laughs) Um, I'm assuming you saw the news about where Elijah Fisher's headed. I did. Um, the Toronto of the U.S. Going to Chicago. As it's most, yeah, Chicago. I mean, everyone was like, yeah, he's talking about Chicago. It's just exactly how it's known. Headed to DePaul. Um, 
also without it being a oh and Tyson's going to Cal, sort of, or no, that is official. Yeah, and then without it being officially announced as such, at least not, not that I saw, I've seen yet. Uh, Demarion Williams had a Instagram post made on his behalf with some kind of recruiting group uh, that gave the the impression that he was available and that he would make like he, these this this is the skill set he would bring to his next team. Um. But let me see if I can find that really quickly and I can read it to you. Um, it was Demarion Williams? Yeah. Um, give me a second. Okay. See how far it's been buried on the... Okay. Demarion Williams. Oh, I gotta log in. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you gotta log in? <sighs> It's hold on, hold on. I'm logged into my good. phone. This is fine. This is great podcasting, everybody. I'm, I'm I appreciate everybody sticking with us, and not complaining about how bad we are at doing this. Okay, I think it's just it's just a peek behind the curtain is all it is. They appreciate it. Okay, Probably. so high level media sports is the is the account that posted it. They've got seventy one thousand followers. Uh, and here's what it says: Demarin Williams is a skilled six three guard who possesses a versatile scoring ability at all three levels of the court. With his excellent shooting prowess and athletic abilities, Williams can be can be a valuable asset for any team. He has a deadly jump shot and can knock down shots from beyond the arc with ease. Williams is also a threat when driving to the basket with his quickness and explosive athleticism. His versatility allows him to create his own shot or to make plays for his teammates. Defensively, he has the quickness to stay in front of his opponents and the length to disrupt passing lanes. Overall, Demarion Williams is an exciting prospect who can make an immediate impact for any team with his scoring ability and athleticism. Was that a tweet? This was the caption, if you will, on an Instagram post. Oh, okay. Okay. That helps. So the three, I don't, I've never even heard that term before. He's good in all three levels. At all so three I levels. So like mid-range, uh, three, beyond the arc, and then, and then down low. The basket. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, excuse my chair. Creaks. Get some bad WD forty on there. It'd be all right. Like I've lost some weight, but apparently the chair is still like, dude, push back from the table a little bit, dude. <laughs> Figure it out. No, it's cheering you on. Go, dude, you got this. It's I'm going to adjust. Every time it. it creaks, it's like, yay. <laughs> Good job, Spencer. Yay. Maybe stand all the way up this time, big dude. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. Speaking of, of big guy, I had this, I had this really strange dream. It has nothing to do with my weight. Actually it has to do with my height. Um, so I'm six, three and three quarters. And I've always just rounded up and told people I'm six, four, whenever that's, whenever that's come up, I've always just said I'm six, four. Well, with your hair, I, you're definitely six, four. <laughs> strange enough. I had this dream. And and I don't know where it came from or what insecurity was was coming out, um, but my height was measured and like, oh look, you are officially six five, and I was pumped. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah! I've been telling everybody I was six four, and I wasn't quite six four, but now I'm a, a full six five. I'm gonna tell people I'm six six. Let's go. <laughs> this was like this just full like I was super excited and proud and like yeah man I'm six five like that meant something. But no, I'm, um, I'm six, three, man. 
I, I still remember, and I think I've told this on the on the show before, but um, going into eighth grade, I had my physical because we all had to have our physicals and all that before going and you know playing sports at school, and I was five seven the year before, and I'd had this pretty big growth spurt, and I was super pumped. I know, you know what? I may be getting this wrong. I don't remember if I was going into eighth grade or ninth grade, but whatever. The doctor measured me at five eleven and three quarters. Rounding up, bro. Rounding up. I know. Six foot, oh, I absolutely, mother. I absolutely <laughs> rounded it up. But man, it was, it just killed me. It killed me. Um, I, so, three quarter. Come on, doc, give me that extra quarter inch. I even so, had hair then too, Spencer. It could have helped. <laughs> nice. And it was curly. It was like all over the place. I um, like despite a playing in my face and measured me a quarter inch short ass. Despite playing sports and that, like going through all those like physicals and everything, I I don't remember heights or weights as I was growing up. That's the only one I remember. <laughs> um, and I didn't notice this until much later in life. There's a picture of me and my brother when we traveled to to Tennessee to go see some family. Um. And it was, I was in high school. I think I was, this was before junior year. And I'm looking at this picture. I was like, man, that's a looking kind of svelte there, brother. <laughs> a good, like two inches taller than my brother. And, uh, like I I'd obviously just hit a growth spurt and stretched out. Cause I, like, I always remember being kind of chubby and fat. Um, this picture is like, it, it's a pretty lean frame. There you <laughs> it's go. like, well, I was just making room, man. I'm just making room, getting ready for <laughs> the next outward growth spurt. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I mean, I'm going to toot my own horn here. I'm down 40 pounds. That's awesome, man. So it, it doesn't help when I go to the cap rock and get a fried I chicken was- wrap and, I was a horrible influence. You showed up to a table. You showed up to. (laughs) You had already ordered the queso. I had already ordered. (laughs) I was gleefully eating it. I did not wait. And it was totally intended for us to share. So this was like a come, come, let me be the bad influence. Let me get (laughs) you off the wagon. Well, and here's the thing. Like, I, I don't even like feel all that. Like this is way off the rails. We haven't even gotten gotten to football yet. I don't even feel all that proud about it because what's what's been the the like the biggest contributing factor is I had a huge flare up of whatever, uh, whether it was reflux, uh, oh, yeah, hernia yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah, I couldn't eat without it being just like unbearably painful, and I was on a daily not it wasn't pepsid but it was one of the other daily acid reducers mm-hmm. but even that like it's it's still like there's still some lingering effects where like i don't get as hungry as i remember in the afternoons or evening like i i, I eat way less in the afternoon and at night than i used to because it's just like i don't feel well at night uh, i was like i i can't i can't eat um so there's that i've also been quite a bit more physically active since the baby was born with the, uh, the projects I've been doing outside and then umpiring and running around. So like, it wasn't like intentional, like 
Spencer, you need to lose some weight, which was like, it wasn't said to me. It was a thought I had, but it wasn't like, okay, you're going to go on a diet. You're going to do all these things to be yeah, active. Yeah. I'm going to take these steps to make this happen, but. Oh, and then throwing the stomach bug. Changed. That oh, yeah. like huge stomach bug we had going around our house <laughs> that as soon as we came home with the baby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I stepped on the scale this morning. I was like, uh, I was going to quit my mouth. I was like, from when we, when we house sat for our neighbors, they're on vacation. And this was back in December. So it's been like a good six months now. I was like, that's a 40 pound difference. So that's I was like, guy. okay, man, just, just uh, knocking it out. Stop eating at night, I guess. Just, just get well, all your calories in and anyways, we can, we can, we can pick different, uh, well, you know, Caprock has healthier options. I could get like you I said, some salsa ha- next time. Next time you come, it'll just be it- salsa instead, which is practical. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Practically calorie free. It's practically salad. <laughs> like I said, it hasn't been like I like I've completely changed everything about my lifestyle, which is you know, it's it well it, I have, but not because I, I made the choice to do it. It's because like I'm like I can't sleep at night if I eat certain things. Or if I'm not like religiously taking these acid reducers, uh, and I'm sure all the people listen like, oh my gosh, Spencer, you need to go see a doctor. And and I am. I'm, I'm I have a, I have an appointment set, but he works at a hospital, guys. He's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm close enough to doctors every day. He's there. He's in the he's in the vicinity. He hears things. I okay. So last thing I promise, and we'll we'll, we'll get back to the show. Um, we were well, recording a bunch of like one thing. So we're, good. it is, it is. We were, this is basically an extension. This is a, a preview to what did we learn? Uh, we, I was trying to wrap up a, a lot of recordings for the podcast at work before I went on my parental leave. And I was telling uh, one of the, the hosts who is a, who's the chief nursing officer at the hospital. And, and you know, we were just kind of chit chatting before he started. He's like, how you doing? I was like, man, I'm not sleeping very well. I've got this really bad reflux. Uh, and I've been taking these acid reducers, but, the bottle says to only take it for 14 days. And I was like, why does it say that? Cause I, I stopped taking it and like immediately it all comes back. Like all the pain and the uncomfortableness. I can't sleep. He's like, Oh, that's just because that's, that's what they, they sought for. Like that's the, the, whatever, whatever the term is I'm looking for. Like that's what they went after for, from the FDA. They went after a 14 day like run to put on, on the bottle but like this medicine is something that people will take like every day for the rest of their lives if if it's if it's uh prescribed so like he's he's like yeah it's fine if if you if you need to take it you can still take it he's like but i would suggest you also get it checked out because if it hasn't resolved yeah. and it immediately comes back there may be something else contributing to it or you may need to get on on a a specific regimen so i was like oh i'm fine then i i i can keep taking a meprazole here we go that was in february and it had been a few months since I had, like, I had been dealing with that. So it's like, so long story short, uh, I've been off of that for a few weeks now, 
a couple of weeks. I, I, I don't take an acid reducer every day. Uh, I will take it as needed. And it's mostly like, like I eat something fried and it's like, Mm-mm, that's, that's not sitting well. Um, so it's like a heavier, fattier meal that I notice like at night. It doesn't seem to bother me. Like, like, so I, I had that fried chicken strip wrap and with the hot sauce at lunch. And the queso, that doesn't bother me for lunch. If I had that same thing at dinner, I would, I would be up for a few hours past when I wanted to go to sleep because I just couldn't get comfortable with the acid reflux. There you go. The more See, you know. So lunchtime. Yeah, I, 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 was, I, I get all my eating at lunch. I was told the other day by a coworker who I don't know if they know this or not, but he was telling me, well, the lunch is supposed to be your main meal of the day. Yep. You're supposed to eat the biggest meal of the day at lunch. And I was like, well, that makes sense. But also, no, it doesn't because I got crap to do after lunch. <laughs> and, and if I, I eat want a meal at lunch, just, I'm so slow yeah, and sluggish. I don't want to pound 1,200 calories every lunch sometimes, you know. It's like, let's, let's, let's not do that. Let's save that for later when I can just veg out and play farming simulator instead of... <laughs> Or watch a baseball game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's get the, the, the football really quick and, and then wrap this up, man. Okay. All right. So what, what I wanted to bring up for football is you had a new commit. You saw the bat signal go out and it was finally uh, confirmed who it was. It's an offensive lineman out of Dripping Springs. Uh, I'm going to probably mispronounce the name, but Jacob Ponton, P-O-N-T-O-N. Uh, is a big dude already as a, Junior in high school, six seven two seventy. So with that frame, height, height and weight, <laughs> height, a, weight talk. That's where we're coming into as a six seven two seventy, eighteen year old. That's a. Uh, well, he's probably seventeen. You sure if, his last name's not Pontoon? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. From, from Dripping Springs, it could be it could be anything. Let's be honest. I have I have family in Dripping Springs. I have a cousin who's actually also a senior graduating i need i need maybe i can get the inside scoop well there you go they're, they're probably friends or he at least knows them um my, my cousin but, plays basketball and baseball so if he's multi-sport maybe at that size you would expect tackle frame tackle in the making maybe uh, i his film and and the camps he's been going to has been for offensive line so it's not like he's gonna he's i wouldn't expect him to to be moved over to, to like tight end or anything um but at six seven, you're not putting him in the middle of the line. So he's he's going to be a tackle once he gets on campus. Um, you're hosting a ton of, of of recruits on campus recently. Past few days, you um, you're still in the hunt for that five star receiver, Micah Hudson. Uh, there was a there was an article posted on Rivals. Uh, that mentioned like he's being like his top schools are like Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Texas, and Texas Tech. And the guy that wrote it said that Texas was in the lead, um, but Level, Chris Level, excuse me, I'm just I don't know why I blanked on his name for a second. He said, um, "Well, no, I don't, I don't want to scoop a paywall here." If, if, if you're a subscriber to, to Red River Sports, you'll, you'll know what he said. But he, he said, I'm not so sure that uh, that what was said there about who's leading who and when all that stuff is, is accurate in his book. Um, and I probably just 
I probably scooped enough of it anyway. He'd be upset if I said something, but anyways, um, he's been on campus already several times. You, you will get him on an official here. Um, so you're, you're, you're in great shape there. Um, your roster this year, you, you need to, you need to be hitting, <laughs> uh, hitting like, obviously you, you need, you know, you know, numbers from high school. Uh, but the way that your roster is is set up now, you, you, you need to be finding those rare ones. It's kind of strange to say, like you need to go after these guys, but those transfers that have multiple years of eligibility left because you have a lot of seniors on your team. And then you have a lot of young guys. You don't have the middle, uh, that can really fill out a depth chart or, or just fill out the roster so that when you get to next year, you're not, you know, you don't have 10% returning production or whatever it may be. Um, you need to find guys transfer portal or Juco guys that have some, some eligibility remaining multiple years, uh, to help kind of fill in the middle part of the, the classification in your roster. Um, because you've done really well with high school guys and, and, and those will, those will continue to pay off and like you have to build your, your, your team, your roster around high school guys. Uh, but just with the way everything's broken down, you, you, you have a bit of a gap there in the middle in terms of the year. So that, that's what I think you, you'll be seeing here pretty soon. Your, your recruiting class issue is going to be a little bit smaller than it was last year. Um, so you won't sign 25 or 30 guys and maybe 20, but you need some transfers in there. All right. You ready to wrap this up with what do we learn? Yeah, man. It was a quick, it was a quick jump over to football, but um, let's do what do we learn? All right. Quick update for behind the dish. We are just a couple of ways, a couple of weeks away from the end of the regular season on little league. It's been a blast. Uh, overall, it's been a blast. <laughs> um, I've, I've called a new division this year. I, I didn't think I, I would do uh, the juniors, which are, actual middle schoolers, but that's the first group that gets onto a, a little bit bigger of a field. They're on 70 foot bases instead of the 60 foot. Uh, and so they're just, you know, a couple of years away from getting onto the 90 foot bases in high school and above. You're seeing a lot more real baseball. I, I had a game, I had a juniors game on Monday night this week. So last night, and then I had one on Friday night last week that were makeups after the rain from the previous week. Um, Enjoy it, no man. Injuries. I, no, no, injuries. no, no more injuries. Both those games Good. I was in the field for the, my, my, the partner I worked with, uh, he wanted the plate on both of those games. He's new, but he wanted the experience like, man, have at it. Uh, there is a little bit of a, of a pay difference. You get paid more for being behind the plate. Um, but I was like, man, if you want to do it, do it. Uh, but speaking of pay, uh, my work with little league this year has, like I said, obviously funded my, my Blackstone, my, uh, my new griddle came in. It's, I set it up this past weekend. I seasoned it. It's ready to go. Oh, so, okay. Uh, so you still haven't had the inaugural cook, but you're getting there. I'm getting there because my, my tool set, the, the spatula is a scraper, the bottles, that little accessory kit came in today. So. I need to find my, my inaugural recipe, what I want to, when I want to break it in with, uh, and then go, I did, I did the seasoning process. Like I said, on Saturday, I cleaned the patio, 
made room for it, set it up. Me and Grayson put the thing together. It took us probably about an hour. Uh, and I probably couldn't have done it without him. He was a huge help. Um, but I put that thing together and then I spent the next hour or so in the seasoning process. And I did five rounds of seasoning with the Blackstone seasoning, uh, goop, <laughs> the material they sell, um, material, the, the fat, lard, whatever, whatever it is. And I, I couldn't even tell you cause I didn't, didn't look too closely. Um, I can't decide if I want to go back and do like another one, like another round of seasoning or just like cook on it and just build it up from there. Um, but it's should be ready to go. I've got a soft cover. I, w- I want to get a hard cover. I still got some funds left over. Uh, I, I have some checks from little league to pick up. I, I still got some money to spend there that I, I want to get a hard cover for the griddle. Uh, other than that, I think I've got all the accessories. I, I, I don't know what else I would want or need just yet. But I'm excited, man. I've got like, uh, I want I want to try those uh, Taco Bell knockoff, uh, like a, a crunch wrap. I oh want to do gosh. one of those. That is obviously the best a lot of- Taco Bell makes. And I don't say that lightly. <laughs> uh, obviously, a, a lot of people use use the griddles to make like a breakfast. Uh, so I, I want to do that one. Gets, you know, make, make sure the seasoning where it needs to be. But before I start putting eggs on, on, on cast iron, but. Um, Smash burgers. Yeah. So breakfast, cast, uh, not cast iron, uh, crunch wraps, and then smash burgers are like the first three things I really want to do. I just don't have an order yet. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> just, and then, and then you got like, um, Philly cheesesteaks or, or like patty melt type stuff, which I guess is an extension of, of a, of a smash burger, um, stir fry or like fried rice type stuff. Uh, I bet fajitas would be great on that too, with all the fajitas. veggies and yeah, everything that could too. Be really yeah. Good. Anyways, uh, like I said, it's set up ready to go. It's just waiting for me to, to to put some food on it, man. Crank it. I did. Uh, <laughs> I bought two tanks of propane this weekend. Um, and then Samantha has this thing where, where like she scans her receipts and uploads it into the service. Uh, that will like it, it provides some kind of rebates or whatever, and it's it's like minuscule, but like. It, it dumps it into our Amazon account and we'll use the, the, the excess from that from the year uh, just to add on to, to some Christmas shopping. But she saw the receipt from United when I went to go pick up the gas, the propane. And I said, Hey, I'm going in for three things. I'm getting propane. I'm gonna get some soda and I'm gonna get some salsa. Just things that we buy at United, but not at, at Walmart. Uh, Cause United for whatever reason actually has sales on soda. But I went in and they, one, soda is stupid expensive right now. And I don't know what's going on. A 12 pack, a, like a 12, like 12 of cans without any discounts, $9. Jeez. I remember when I, when I, when I was buying soda in, in stock at the office, I would like, they would run like special, like three for 10 or five, like five of those 12 packs for 15. I was like, I have to buy five of these things. That's like, that's, that's uh seeing I think stripes would have like three for eleven. Or yeah, it was like every now and then. It was a frustrating number of cases of twelve packs to have to carry into the office. Like this is five, there's too many. But if you don't buy five, you, you, you don't get the discount. Not not up to twelve dollars. And you buy three to get three dollars off. 
It's like, yeah, that's kind of a tough. What the hell's going on with soda right now? So I'm spending forty dollars um, to get three dollars off. It's a it's a diabetes tax or something. Because golly, dude. So the two cans of or the the two canisters of propane, the three things of soda, which were eight dollars a piece, which I didn't realize that was going to be the case until I got to the register, and then I got two jars of Kylito's salsa because it was going to be. I was going for one jar, but it was two for seven. I was like, but they have a mild I can get for Samantha and they have a hot. I want to try that. So I, I got two, two jars. It's $155. She's like, <laughs> you went in for some, for some Dr. Pepper things. and you came out and spent $150. What, what's going on? I was like, well, see the propane was $55 a tank for the like when you first buy it because you have to buy the oh, tank yeah. it wasn't exchange it was 55 dollars a piece tank, yeah going forward it's like a it's like a 20 dollar refill it's like way cheaper and she's like you had to buy two it's like yeah because there's not really a good way to gauge how much is in there and you're only going to run out when you're using it so like it's gonna and, and it invariably happen in the middle of a cook and you can't turn like it's just it's best to have two and then you empty one you, you put the new one on, then you exchange the old one. You always have a full, t- anyways, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and soda's really expensive. I was like, yeah, I didn't realize that until I got to the, the register. It's like, and you bought two jars of salsa. I was like, what's yes. for you? What's for you? And, and it was $150. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. Uh, but yeah. 50 so, of this $155 <laughs> was for you. Well, she, she drinks the same soda I do. So oh, I got, I, know, I got two, I two cases of Dr. Pepper and then one case of Fanta pineapple. And she drinks both the Fanta and, and the Dr. Pepper. And I just drink the Dr. Pepper. And then Grayson will drink the, obscure, the Fanta. That's, a, that's an obscure one. Fanta pineapple. Well, because they like they like Fanta red, which you can get at some restaurants, but they don't bottle it or, or put it in cans. What flavor is Fanta red? It's just like a cream soda. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> it's just red. But Fanta will bottle strawberry. And it's not the same. And, and so they don't like Fanta strawberry. Uh, but they sell grape, strawberry, pineapple, and orange. Nobody else in my family likes orange soda. I, I, I can get down an orange soda like every now and then. But we also, we also try to have like a caffeine-free option for, for Grayson or, and or Samantha when she wants that. Because uh, she's still nursing. She's like, I don't want to drink a lot of caffeine and then like have it, you know, have the baby be getting it too. And she's like, she likes to have a caffeine fruit. Anyways, Fanta pineapple is what they've said long for now. It used to be Sprite, uh, but right now it's Fanta pineapple. Anyways, I've been on a Sprite kick lately. I don't drink sodas very often, but I've, when when I've gotten drinks at places for some reason, Sprite's just that's just been what I've been craving. The last thing that I'll, that I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you is um, we made like this four ingredient like biscuit. Uh, that was like Bisquick sour oh, cream or seven up or something and seven up. So we've actually yes. been keeping like a two liter bottle of set. Like we'll, we'll get that with our grocery order. Cause it's like every now and then we'll just like have a small cup of seven up. It's like, that is so good. Like just not as like the main drink that we drink all the time, but like this little cup or this little swig of seven up every now and then it's like, that was really good. Yeah. It hits the spot. It's kind of, Sprite for and and you may know this already, but you know how um, McDonald's has like a like everyone swears up and down they have a separate recipe almost for Coke. For it's Coca-Cola. so spicy. Yeah, it's McDonald's so different. Sprite. There. <laughs> Sprite's the same way. Yeah, Sprite hits 
harder at McDonald's than it does anywhere else. I like, there's one more thing I want to add. There's a McDonald's going in across from the United on Indiana and 130th. Oh, I did not know that. So right next to, oh, across from Indiana. Okay. So Caddy Corner from Roses. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, from, from 130th going North, it's going to be, uh, McDonald's. There's going to be a bank there. There's a little strip center, um, that they haven't sold out or at least they haven't announced who's going in there. There's a Sonic, there's a car yeah, wash that just opened Sonic right there. Yeah. And then a little further North, uh, you get the, the second Tega location. Uh, Qdoba is up there. My dentist is up there. There's a pizza hut now. Harrigan's. Yep. Harry's or whatever that place is for the, the lemonade and frozen ice stuff. Anyways. Yeah. Across from United at 130th in Indiana is going to be a, a McDonald's now. Earl of Sandwich. Yep. There's an Earl of Sandwich over there. There's a, there's a Spud Nuts donut shop. That Earl uh, of Sandwich is legit, man. I like that place. So Can Earl of Sandwich is actually right next door, that. next door to my, my, my dentist office, but I've never been to that. that I've never had a Earl of Sandwich sandwich. It's it's pretty tasty, man. They have like they have just this ham and ham and Swiss, and it's kind of got this uh, Dijon-y, like a honey Dijon mustard okay. on it. I mean, it's 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 got that you know you can taste the Dijon kind of horseradishy taste, but it's not overpowering. But it's sweet at the same time. Ah, oh, man, that's I've tried their other sandwiches, and I've I've liked all the other ones I've tried, but I just keep coming back to the the ham and Swiss or whatever it is. Hmm. It's good. Maybe have to check it out. Oh, but okay. So I have one question for you. What what is what is your thought on where do you stand on cheesecake? Love cheesecake. You love cheesecake. I'm, okay. I'm if I'm going cheesecake, I, I I'm gonna like default towards like a regular or like a like a well, sorry. Yes. Not a plain, but like with like a fruit topping and not like too tricked up. I've gotten some tricked up pieces from, from Cheesecake Factory that were pretty good. Like the Cinnabon one was fantastic, but like I think Ooh. the slice was like a thousand calories. Like we just put that four ways for it to make sense. I was like, this is way too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just give me like a New York cheesecake with some strawberries, man. That's but, that's it. I, I'm I'm with you. I, I like I like branching out, but here was my main here's my main question. Okay, so you do like cheesecake. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good place to start. So someone on that that Lubbock Foodies group that I love to hate tonight before the podcast said, "Hey, where's the best place in town for che- for cheesecake and not uh, Cheesecake Factory?" And I started thinking out loud, and and my wife kind of had the same thought. Like, it, there's a very a very short fall from the best piece of cheesecake I've ever had to the average of every other cheesecake I've ever had. Like they're, they're all pretty good. And then every now and you get one that's a little better than pretty good. So I I don't, I just feel like it's not saying, Hey, what's the best burger place in town? Cause you've had real dog crap burgers before. You just know you've had them the kind with Mm -hmm. that that's cold or the cheese isn't melted or they're pink halfway through and you get food poisoning. Thanks, Mr. G's in Merkel, <laughs> RIP. But it's just, the cheesecake is just always cheesecake. 
I mean, am, am I wrong mm. on that? Have you ever had like a well, really bad one? Not cheesecake, but I've had something cheesecake flavored that was okay. iffy. And it that, was a cheesecake fair. shake from Sonic. And it was oh. like their cheesecake yeah. flavoring, but it was like like the the flavor profile they got to mimic cheesecake went too far like sour or whatever. So like you got like a little bit of a cheesecake flavor and then like the back half of the flavor turned like it's kind of bitter and sour. Like, ugh. Yeah. That's always one of my biggest knocks on when I go to those frozen yogurt places and you get cheesecake flavored yogurt and you're like, I don't know what this is. I have no idea what this flavor is supposed to be. It says cheesecake, but it just kind of tastes not. like yeah, like sugar coconut, maybe, or <laughs> or something like that. And so I will try other flavors, and I just can never, unless it's sherbet or something. <laughs> there's mm. all of the flavor. Like I'll try vanilla next to the cheesecake one, and be like, yeah, I think the, these could be the same. The lemon one, yeah, I don't know. That one might have some lemon. Anyway. I was just kind of, I, I was just kind of surprised at the answers because there are a lot of answers to this question that just were across the board. Someone even actually just said, just go to Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> even though this person strictly said, that's not what I want. I, I, um, I don't, what, what is their, what is their opposition to going to Cheesecake Factory? I don't know. You want cheesecake that's literally Pretty in their good. name. That's what I'm trying to get at. I'm like, what's, why is it bad? Or is it maybe, you know, who knows? It could be a hundred things. It's too busy all the time. It's too expensive. Just get it all to those go. things are true. <laughs> sure. Call but, it in. Like, hey, just, just set me a piece. Of, but they have a whole, they have a whole separate, like they have a whole yeah, counter for cheesecake. Thing. You just you walk just up. walk in. Hey, give me, give, give me a slice of the chocolate turtle. Oh, okay, go. Here you go. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. I'm like you. I, I, I do, I do tend towards. I actually really enjoy plain cheesecake. I, I like it if it's, um, you know, it, I, I like, I don't have to have strawberries or anything on it. I will just eat it plain. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. Sure. I'll venture out and everything. But man, I just didn't really think there was that much of a, of a jump between the best cheesecake I've ever had and the most mediocre piece of cheesecake I've ever had. It's just all about the same. And so all these people were saying stuff that was kind of validating me because on that list was Costco. <laughs> Sam's United. Um, there's a there's a cheesecake sampler I think that comes from Costco that's pretty dang good. Right? So that's why I'm like guys, it's just uh Steak Express made the list. <laughs> like it, it just that's what it, you're proving my point. It's just if some place serves cheesecake, it's going to be pretty good. It's going to be all right. So just go try something. Anyway. Yeah. That was all. That was I learned that I learned that, uh, I learned that the, the, there really isn't that big of a variation between cheesecake because in the same thread, people were recommending Desert Rose, which is the gourmet cheesecake that my wife and I happened to get from that baker who has kind of like her own little pop up restaurant. Mm -hmm. It was really good. It was probably that was the one that I think of like, OK, that might have been the best piece of cheesecake I've had. Because it was Biscoff cookie cheesecake. So it was themed, but it still was very much cheesecake. And so people were mentioning her, which I was like, yeah, I mean, I think she's probably the best, the best one I've had. But then the ones I've had at Costco have been pretty good. The ones I've had at Sam's have been good. I have had the Steak Express one. 
and they serve the little cup of strawberry on the side. And I don't even think I used it. I just ate the cheesecake. Pretty good. Yeah, all, I mean, uh, as long as you get like the good. base, yeah, the baseline flavors right and the texture right. Yeah, um, that's it. You can you can mix you can mix it up with the crust and go different level. I mean, don't put yeah. salt instead of sugar in it. You know, don't accidentally <laughs> right. use curdled milk. I, I don't know. I, I think there's a good shot there. Now, I will say, one of the most memorable cheesecakes I've had. My father-in-law, when we would when we visited in Kentucky one time, he made a from scratch key lime cheesecake, which, you know, mm. you can get key lime cheesecakes all over the place. It's, that sounds delicious. I know that's not a super uncommon thing, but he, he's made it for a long time for from scratch. So it was kind of his thing and he made it and oh my goodness. Yeah. It's good cook. Puts me to shame. All right. Especially on those. I'm a better griller though. I will, I will take that. Yeah, we're uh we're we're getting prepared for like a a block cook off party thing with our street. That's, yeah. Um and my house and my neighbor's house were hosting it and we're providing the meats and we were trying to we were planning all this kind of stuff and like hey, like wh- what's your what's your special like what what are you best at? I'm like, well, we can do brisket, we can do ribs, we can do pulled pork, we can do hamburgers and hot dogs. Like what like what are you good at? And and it's kind of like all of it. He's good at all of it. <laughs> I was like, thanks, sweetheart. She um, just said yes. <laughs> All, any of those. We landed on ham- hamburgers and hot dogs for the, the first trial run with the neighbors. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get this too fancy, but yeah. Um we don't want to spend yeah, I'm a, $217 on brisket. Yeah, I was like, we'll 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 just do hamburgers and hot dogs. And yeah. Um but yeah, my, my, my specialty is grilling and smoking. I'm I'm not I'm not the baker. Samantha has gotten in the in, in the in the kitchen baking more recently. She made meringues that were fantastic. We made another round of Rolo cookies, and then she we did a variation where we replaced the Rolos with the miniature Reese's cups that were even better. Because I don't really like caramel that much, but Reese's was way good. Um, but she, she's got this this itch lately. She wants to be baking a whole lot more. I was like, yeah, let's do that. My, my wife's, uh, she's, I, I think we've talked about that pretty much since COVID. She's done that too. And then um, just this week, she baked two things the other day. She just really enjoys it. And we all enjoy how much she enjoys it because, man, it's always so good. And she made these yeah. little raspberry, I don't even know what you'd call them, but they're raspberry bars. Raspberry bars. Mm, and it had good. raspberry preserves and fresh raspberries on it. So, and it had a crumble on top. And so it was Did actually you, kind of tart, just a little bit tart because it had fresh raspberry, but also really sweet. And then the the bottom of it, like the the crust was made with, I think, brown sugar and some other th- Oh, man. Did you say any? Is there any left? No, coming she over. already gave a bunch of it to our neighbors because- I'm we loading were, up uh, right now. I'm coming over. Yeah, we were- <laughs> come, come up by. We'll, we'll get the rest from our neighbor. Hopefully they haven't eaten come Hey, I need those back. Yeah. Hey. Where are the turtles? Uh for the office fans, yeah. Um Yeah, man. So that'll do it for us in 23 personnel podcast. We we went off the rails there a little bit. I mean, we we started basketball at 49 minutes, football at an hour 10. What do we learn? <laughs> hour 15, and we're like 25 minutes later we're wrapping this up. Uh, typical. Um well it's the food, man. We talked about food for which is which is 
where we belong, right? Yeah, it's and, the tail end of the podcast. I always feel like if well, people we, are still listening here, they want to. We we, we jumped we into the we jumped into some of our what do we learn topics before we even got to what do we learn before we even got to football. Really, that's why football is actually so so late in the episode. Um, so you got a, you got a big baseball series this weekend with with West Virginia on the road. You you need to win, uh, preferably a series win. Sweep would be fantastic. Then you got one more uh, against Kansas to set you to set your your regular season resume. Have that in the books. Uh, big Twelve tournament to follow, but you just gotta win what's, what's available. Uh, we'll be talking about our, our off season plans. Not not that I'm thinking we're we're gonna be on the off season here pretty soon, but it's I guess it's a possibility that we could hit the Tech Tech off off season sooner than expected this year. Uh, but We'll, uh, we'll discuss all that when it, when it comes time. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.